0: Good, Good morning, morning everybody. everybody and welcome to London Family Centre That's uh, that's very special welcome to those of you joining us perhaps for the first time from around the world on Facebook live uh, you're welcome to join us every week for the unforeseeable future we will be here at 11 o'clock and let me just say to LFC members thank you again for uh, being so patient through this time our meetings this week are just as normal everything is pretty much the same for the last few days I've been thinking about our theme. If you remember at the beginning of this year, LFC and many churches around the world picked up the theme of open heaven. We got our banners on the wall. We did some teaching on that and we really embraced it. For me, it was more than just a theme. Sometimes churches come up with themes and they just kind of make it up, (laughs) to be honest. I didn't believe that this was made up. I felt that God was really in the theme of open heaven. It was electrified for me, you know, and in our church with the new year as we began it, it really felt good. As soon as we declared it, as soon as we entered into this year of open heaven, what happened? Everything shut. <laughs> no longer open, shut down, global, shut down. And that, that, that I mean, just that thought has been gripping me this week. How typical that is. For example, you could have a relative that's, that's sick or someone that's not saved it, and you know them very well, you know their circumstance, so you decide to begin to do the right thing. You're going to start fasting and praying for them. What happens? They get worse. <laughs> it, they don't get better, they get worse. And so often that is the truth about life. God said to the Hebrew people, I'm going to bring you to a land flowing with milk and honey. What did they get? Manna and quail. They got the, uh, things initially got worse. And I want to encourage you, don't be discouraged by that. We began this year with a belief for open heaven. And I I think we should continue to believe for an open heaven. Continue to pray that in, to prophesy it in, in every way. In fact, I might just send the notes back out, the notes that we had in and around the, the new year there's a great example of this in mark's gospel chapter 5 when jarius who was a synagogue leader his daughter was only sick okay she's just sick <laughs> um, and he decides to do the right thing so he starts to move and go to jesus he goes to seek jesus out and as he's going to jesus in mark's gospel chapter 5 verse 35 while jesus was still speaking some people came from the house of jairus and said Um, your daughter is dead and so discouraging here's a man doing the right thing going to Jesus praying as it were believing acting in faith bang your daughter's dead but what a good example he is because he didn't respond negatively he continued to press through even though things looked as if they were getting worse he continued to press through and lo and behold he received his miracle so I declare over you An open heaven I declare over us an open heaven in Jesus name even though things have got seemingly worse we believe that God is still with us and God is still with this prophetic word for this year and beyond we live beside a major shopping center in central London and it's quite funny because when you walk through and you look at the clothes in the window they're all raincoats and hats and scarves and gloves because the shops have been closed since Christmas. Nobody's been open. In fact, the card shop, the gift shop, have a big sign saying, Happy Mother's Day, which was 10 weeks ago. They've got stuck. They've got stuck in a season, stuck in a moment. Now I know there's legality surrounding all of that, but for me, it's symbolic. Don't get stuck in a season. Don't get stuck in this lockdown in Jesus' name. Do not get stuck in lockdown move through these changes move through these seasonal changes it's a medical fact that human beings do not cope well with seasonal changes there are seasonal illnesses the hospitals all over this world they get at their most busy times when it comes out of summer and into spring or whatever it is the winter flu it's a seasonal illness And just like in the natural, people suffer with a vulnerability through seasonal change. I believe the same thing is true spiritually. When God begins to nudge us forward to bring us into the next season of our life, we need to be careful that we don't become spiritually sick and we don't get spiritually stuck in a season. Amen? In Jesus' name, we will not get stuck in this lockdown. We will look forward. And I want to offer you three very simple points this morning, but almost, I don't want to use the word vaccine, (laughs) almost an inoculation against getting stuck in a season. As you study scripture, how did people move from one season into the next? Well, number one, and it's a very important point, You need to major on your future. This is not a moment to be looking back, okay? This is definitely a moment to look forward to your future, look into next year, the year after that, and what God is going to do with you and through you. It's a time to make sure that you've got the right spirit. I love the story of Joshua and Caleb when the spies went in to spy out that land that God was giving them and yet, the, the, the majority of the spies had a very negative spirit. And I want you to notice this morning, how severe the judgment was for not having belief in your own future. And God spoke, I mean, he spoke very sternly, and he spoke to all the people. Because you have been negative about your future, every one of you will die in the wilderness but my servants joshua and caleb they have displayed a different spirit it's actually in in the hebrew it's the next spirit they're already in the next season and i pray that we get any negativity because the world is very negative at the moment there's a lot of problems on earth right now but i pray that we are different from the populations in the nations that our reaction is different that our spirit is different be like joshua be like Caleb, who saw the giants, and yet they believed that God would defeat those giants. The, 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 not just the, the, ne- the negative spies, but the people were so negative. They thought that God—it's quite funny—they thought that God was trying to kill them. Mm. Why did God bring us out here into the wilderness? They—they they said, "Are there not enough graves in Egypt that we could have died there? Why do we need to be buried out here in the desert?" Right? They thought the pandemic was God trying to kill them? They thought the riots was God trying to kill them. No, what was happening was God was trying to catapult them in to the next season of their life through, yes, what was incredibly difficult times and the world, I recognize, is in very difficult times. But I pray that you have a different spirit and you look into your own future and believe that there's an open heaven there for you. So first point, major on your future at this moment. Second point, in order to shift into a new season or the next season, I'm going to have to learn to focus on God and not on people. Now I know that might sound like a really simple point, but it's an important point. Joshua led these people into the next season and God had to declare over him that his dependence would not be on Moses. Remember, he spoke to him and he said, Moses, my servant is dead. And what's happening there is a little bit, it seems so simple, but it's actually quite, quite deep. What God was saying to Joshua is, your future is not connected to a dead man. Your future is not connected to a man who walked out on you and left you. You or broke a relationship and left you hanging there. Your future is not connected to perhaps the job that you've just lost. And I know many people have lost their jobs and we pray for you, but your future is not connected to that. You need to let that go. And particularly I would say, notice how Joshua and Caleb had to separate themselves from the negative relationships. And in order to move into that promised land, they had to be separated from the negative voices of those other spies and indeed all the people. So I'm just counseling you. You're going to have to get your dependence upon God and not on the things of this world. Look up as Joshua did. Renew that relationship with God. Renew your faith in God. Whether it's you've lost your job, look to God for the future if it's relationships that have been disappointing as it was for them look to the future for new relationships in jesus name many people have asked me over the years it's a good question they say pastor how do i know when it's time to move how do i know when it's time to move on in my career how do i know when it's time to move on in my ministry and in my life and i often think it's it's one of the signs can be that the grace and the favor that's over your life just suddenly it's gone you've been in your job or you've been you know in a certain relationship with whoever it is and whatever it is even in ministry and suddenly the whole atmosphere changes this can be not always but it can be a sign that God is prompting you to move on I had a situation just like this many years ago what a church, about a hundred people in this church, but they had been together for years, this people that all got married together, had children together, it's like a community church. Uh, and they'd had the same worship leader for a long time, uh, but 14 years I believe it was. But suddenly, and for no seeming reason, the grace towards him and the favor towards him was just not there. And they started fighting and arguing and they'd never done that. And they wanted a resolution to this problem so they trusted me they knew me for a long time so it's not my church but the elders of that church came and they sat on one side of my office and this worship leader sat on the other side of my office and they said we're going to talk out our problems in front of you and then we want you to tell us what you think make a decision give us some wisdom some guidance so off they went and they all started complaining to him blah 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 and then he started complaining back to them to be honest, they were exhausted after this long discussion. And then they kind of looked at me and said, okay, you know, what saith thee? What, how judgeth thee? And I turned to that worship leader and I said, sir, the grace and the favour that was on you with this community in the past is no longer with you. And I believe in this specific situation, it's time for you to move on and to look the next season. Well, you could feel the relief in that room. Everybody said, amen. This this was the truth in that situation. He actually came and joined me and he was my worship leader for a long time. Uh, But it's not always the case that troubled. uh, What I'm not saying is don't run away from trouble. Okay, I don't run away from trouble. I never have done that. It's not in my nature to do that. I will face problems and deal with problems, and I will not move. What I'm saying is sometimes God can nudge you because you become too comfortable. Sometimes God can change the circumstance so that you move on. That's what he did with Joseph, in fact. There's a good example of this in the Bible with Jacob and Laban. If you remember, Jacob had great favor from Laban. He married two of his daughters, right? Rachel and Leah. And everything was fine. Jacob prospered greatly. Great favor in Laban's house. However, scripture says, one day Jacob looked and he saw that the countenance of Laban was no longer favorable towards him. And in my opinion, Jacob acted a bit quickly. He just grabbed all his stuff and went. You don't want to do that. For me, I want a word from the Lord before I move from any situation. What I'm saying is the problems can be God moving you, but I also want that prophetic word to say it's time to move. I, I've got another friend who's a pastor who's going through a very difficult time. I feel sorry for him about three weeks ago, but 50% of his church left him in lockdown and have gone with someone else. And I'm communicating with him. He's saying, what should I do? How do I handle this? it's a new season for him. I'm just saying move into the next season. Be nice to these people. Speak positively about these people. Even meet with them and pray and make a commitment that you will all do that as you go forward. But my advice to him is move into the next season. You've done what's right. Maybe things have got worse and not better. Now trust God that eventually these things will get better. And my advice to you is the same, even in these troubled times, believe, continue to do the right thing and believe that God will bring you through. First point then, major on your future during this lockdown. Focus on the future like Joshua and Caleb did. Number two, they had to separate themselves from negative people, from the negative spies in this moment in order to move into the future. And I pray you do the same thing. Thirdly, I I need you to be aware that this season is going to require you to fight we were talking yesterday about the promises of God and I was explaining it's it's quite a conundrum because we don't get the promises you you don't automatically get the promises of God Uh, even with the promised land God said here's the promised land I'm giving it to you now fight for it so even though it was promised, most of them, I mean only two of them entered, right? So, even though it was a land that was promised to them, they didn't get the promise. You don't get what's promised in the Christian life. You get what you fight for. That's what you get. And Joshua and Caleb were the only two who were actually willing to fight for it. Battles are not bad news. Generally battles are not bad news. I'll tell you what's bad news, bondage is bad news. But battles are good news, especially spiritual battles, because we're defeating the devil. Don't run away from battles, right? Battles are good news because battles break bondages. And bondages bring us to breakthrough within your promised land. So I, I encourage you, don't, don't be afraid of that. Understand that my future is something I must fight for, work for. In fact, they were called to work that promised land. So don't shy back from that this is really shows us the big difference between a life of manna and an abundant life of the promised land the manna was a handout it was just free living you know social welfare type living and i'm not against social welfare there are many people who require that and god bless them that that's absolutely fine but if a man you know can work he should work there's a principle there for mental and physical and spiritual health Uh, Manna was not a good long-term solution and it wasn't God's plan for them or for you in the UK uh, just about 10 weeks ago we had a period of rationing for the first time since the war only so much rice per household only so much pasta you know per household but how different that reality is to the promised land And they had to realize that this temporary situation is not their living place in the promised land there was blessing not just for the the manna was just for one person it was for individuals measured out person by person the promised land completely different when they entered into the next season those who did there was an abundance of fruit not just for you as an individual but for everybody connected to you this is the story of elijah Elijah had two phases the manna phase and the prosperity phase the manna phase both in lockdown by the way remember the two miracles I read them a few weeks ago I think it's 2 Kings chapter 19. First of all during the famine he was fed by the ravens and the brook right but these were temporary this was just for him just Elijah and the raven just Elijah and the brook and then it finished it was over the time for manna was finished he moved on very quickly and God sends him to the widow. But this time the miracle is not just for him. This time there's a great abundance. Not only does Elijah get blessed, the widow gets blessed, her son gets blessed. And that I believe is God's future of an open heaven for us. But we're gonna have to fight for it. So I ask you to re-engage with this beautiful word. Open heaven over our lives, over London Family Center, over our churches in Europe, over Victory Family Center Singapore, over your home, your children, your relationships, your job, and your future. Three simple points, but they're important points. I'm asking you to pray with us now. Major on the future. Look to the future to the next season. Move on from any negative relationships that may be holding you in this season. And understand that I only get what I fight for. And be willing to have a a fresh strength for the battle and for the fight that is ahead. So would you join us now and let's pray. And we will pray for you. Just pray as families for our future as a church and as individuals. Father, we thank you for your prophetic word of open heaven over this nation and over our churches around the world. We pray your blessing to open our eyes again on this prophetic word and on this theme. We will not let it go. And like Jairus, we persist in seeking Jesus. Lord, will you open the heaven in every home, every family, every individual, we claim it, we seek it, and we commit today to fight for that open heaven over our lives until we enter the next season. We declare this in Jesus' name,
1: hallelujah.
0: Well God bless you. Thank you for being with us again this morning and we'll see you all here next week on Facebook Live at 11 o'clock. Please do attend our weekly services um, through the week on Wednesday and Friday, etc. God God bless bless you. you. Bye-bye.